Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. It's time for our last visitor segment and program for 2019. Where did this year go? Joining us as we ring out the old year is the radio play-by-play voice of Alabama football, Eli Gold. And I apologize for the way I sound today. I came down with a humdinger of a cold over the weekend, but we will just keep moving on. Before Eli joins us, my final view from Section 17 until next season. As we close out 2019, I think we can all agree this football season was not what we expected it to be. When we turned the calendar on 2018, analysts and writers all over the country said this was the year for Michigan. We were loaded up, Shea was back, and Ryan Day was the first-year head coach with a new quarterback and many other new starters. Reality smacked us in the face when we traveled to Madison and got punched in the mouth by the Badgers. We recovered, though, regrouped, and then stumbled again in Happy Valley. That loss seemed to galvanize the team. We went on a tear the remainder of the season, and look poised to challenge Ohio State in the big house on Thanksgiving weekend. We don't need to rehash what happened that day. The disappointment lingers. One week later, we learned we were receiving a New Year's Day berth in the Citrus Bowl against Alabama. If you're like me, you were part thrilled and part wary. After the Ohio State game, we started hearing about the huge talent gap between us and the Buckeyes. If that is true, and I don't totally buy into that, The very same gap exists between us and Alabama. I do like this opportunity, though. Coaches and players all say this. A win in a bowl game does wonders for a team's psyche heading into a long offseason. We really could use a mental boost, too. And beating Bama sure would do that. I mean, seriously. Alabama versus Michigan, that's all you need to know. And I can't wait until Wednesday. A lot of writers are openly questioning whether Alabama will show up for this game. After Tua was injured and they lost to Auburn, the Bama faithful were not happy. 10-2 is just not satisfactory in Tuscaloosa. Make no mistake about this. Alabama is not in the playoffs, but they are still one of, if not the most talented team in college football. My guest today says he has no doubt Bama takes this game seriously and they will bring it against Michigan. Joining us on our visitor segment next is Eli Gold, the radio play-by-play voice of Alabama football. 
here on The Michigan Man, in partnership with our friends at SB Nation's Maize and Brew. So stay with us. Here with us this week as we preview the Citrus Bowl coming up on New Year's Day is the longtime voice of Alabama football, Eli Gold. Great to have you with us, Eli. Good to be with you today. Well, for the benefit of our Michigan listeners, Eli, uh, tell us how long you've been in the booth calling play-by-play for the Crimson Tide. Uh, this is my 31st season, just wrapping up year number 31 with Bama, so uh, it's been a while. Well, you've seen then a very, very few down years, and now you have the Saban era, of course, this has been an incredible run for Alabama football, hasn't it? It has been, but of course, you know, there was a 17-year gap. People tend to forget that they weren't necessarily down years, mm-hmm. but there was a 17-year gap between national championships, uh, the one that was won by Gene Stallings' team back in 92, and then the arrival of Nick Saban. So even though, obviously, many of those years were, you know, 11-win seasons, 10-win seasons. Uh, There was a 17-year gap between national titles. But, yes, this has just been a remarkable run. Uh, You know, it's it's difficult to get to the top. It is tougher still to even stay there. And that's one of the things that Bama has had uh, here in the last uh, decade, last 10, 12 years, is the staying power to remain relevant in the national picture. Well, like many listeners and fans, I grew up during the Bear Bryant days of Bama football. I thought after the Bear retired, things would never be the same in Tuscaloosa. You would never compare anyone on those sidelines with the Bear, but you now can certainly mention Nick Saban in the same rarefied air as Bear Bryant, can't you? Oh, yeah, there's no question. I think when you ask people in our part of the world who was the greatest Alabama coach ever, I think the answer is going to be generational. Yeah. Somebody who is a good bit older, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90 years old, uh, they will probably still say Bear Bryant. You talk to a so-called younger set, if you will, and their answer might well be Nick Saban. But uh, however you cut it, uh, whatever your particular answer is, uh, you're not going to go wrong uh, with with either of those guys at the head of your program. <laughs> no, you're not. Most schools, uh, Michigan included, would be fairly satisfied with a 10-2 record, but in Tuscaloosa and talking to my Bama friends over the last five years especially, it seems to be borderline unacceptable to be 10-2. Well, you know, you, you, you tend to get spoiled. Uh, there have been so many 14-win seasons Uh, Every year you play in the playoffs. This is the first year that Alabama is not in the playoffs. They were the only school to have been in it for every year of the system's existence until this year. Uh, So there are expectations, yes. 
And, of course, this year was very, very unique because of all the injuries. Not that Bama hasn't seen injuries in the past, uh, but they lost two Butkus contenders, two starting linebackers who didn't even play it down this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they uh, have had so many injuries on the defensive front. And then uh, Tua Tungvaloa, the quarterback, going down uh, with the broken hip uh, near the end of the season. So, uh, uh, you know, you can't, you can't take that out of the equation. That's part of sports. But at the same time, I would love to have seen Bama with, uh, with Dylan Moses and Josh McMillan and the healthy starting defensive front and to a tongue of a law. Uh, but, you know, that's sports, like I said. Well, it is sports. And uh, speaking about that terrible injury to uh, Tua when he went down, if he didn't, and I know we can't do that in sports, but we would be talking about another playoff appearance for the Crimson Tide, wouldn't we? Well, you know, you, you can't ever say, but, you know, because Mac did not play poorly. No. And obviously against Auburn, the issues were not, uh, you know, well, there were two pick sixes, and you don't know if Tua would have thrown. But at the same time, the Bama defense had trouble slowing down the Auburn Tigers. So you, you can't say, but... I, I would love to have seen the healthy Alabama uh, compete all season long, but you know that's that doesn't happen. A few years ago, you know, Bama went very, very deep into their linebacking core and still managed to win it all. But you know, Alabama gives up so many players every year to the National Football League mm-hmm. that eventually mm-hmm. that depletion plus all these injuries. Um, you know, uh, it was only there was only so many guys there, and uh, a ten and two season is is you know what it was. But you're right; uh, there are many people who uh, would love to have seen you know eleven or twelve wins. Well, one of the interesting things as we prepare for this game that I think we've been reading a lot of national writers have been questioning whether Alabama was going to be motivated to play in the Citrus Bowl after the way the season ended, and you know I think that's a lot of hooey, but. I can't imagine any Nick Saban team not being up for a big game. Can you? Well, I, I I can't, but I do also remember that game against Utah in the Sugar Bowl many years ago mm-hmm. where Alabama, you know, quite honestly, just there were a lot of guys who just didn't want to be there. Uh, after, you know, being in the national championship and so on, you know, going to the Sugar Bowl, as great of a bowl as it is against a great school like Utah, but, you know, it's, the guys, some of the guys just didn't want to be there. Whereas for Utah, well, they were thrilled to be going to the Sugar Bowl, and um, and it showed, and they handled the tide uh, fairly uh, easily that day. Uh, but no, these these players, there are a couple who are not going to be playing because of their decision to to sit it out prior to the NFL draft. But uh, uh, having seen practice and what have you, there doesn't seem to be any lack of motivation. Uh, I thought um, the fact that, you know, some of the wide receivers, some of the other guys who thought they might be going out for the draft have elected to come back and play in the bowl game. Uh, That was very good. And, of course, Mac Jones is excited because it's another game that he can, you know, hone his skills, not knowing what next year is going to be. He's the quarterback who will be starting. Uh, You don't know what next year holds. So, uh no, I don't think there'll be any letdown whatsoever. Uh, and and you're playing Michigan for goodness sakes, you know. Short of the short of the three playoff games uh, this year, 
I can't imagine that there's going to be any one bowl that'll be more scrutinized than Alabama and Michigan because you've got two of the proudest organizations in the history of college sports. If you take away the games that have been forfeited or vacated over the years, uh, Alabama is number two only to Michigan in on-field victories. Uh, so, no, this will be a, a big game, and, and nobody's going to take it lightly. No, I agree with that 100%. And, uh, you mentioned Mac Jones being excited to play. Many of us up here have not seen Mac play much, saw the Auburn game. Clearly, he's very talented. That's why he's there. But how much different is this offense with him under center right now? Not really that different. You know, it's, uh, uh, you, you don't redesign the wheel just because there is a new player. You know, there are obviously a few differences, and, of course, it impacts the offensive line, you know, where Jedrick Wills is handling the blind, blind side, protecting for Tua, uh, where on the other side it, it's Leatherwood. But, uh, you know, there's uh, the, the, the call of the plays doesn't change. I mean, you've got an outstanding couple of running backs, in Najee Harris and Brian Robinson, you're, gonna, you're not going to stop handing the ball off to them. And clearly you have arguably one of the greatest wide receiver cores that's ever been put together, maybe not individually the greatest individuals, but as a unit, mm-hmm. one of the greatest mm-hmm. wide receiving cores that we've ever seen in college ball. Uh, you're not going to stop throwing the ball to them. Now, obviously, Mac uh, is, is not Tua. And, and Tua was the starter because of, you know, because of his abilities and his pinpoint passing. And, you know, uh, and Mac is, is still getting to those levels. But as far as calling the plays and, and calling and running the offense, uh, there, there shouldn't be many changes at all. Well, you mentioned the defense uh, having injuries this year, a lot of injuries to starting linebackers never saw the field. But there is a boatload of talent over on that side of the ball. But because of those injuries, they struggled at times this year, haven't they? Well, yeah, there's a ton, there's a ton of talent. But there's, you know, you know your, your defensive front mm-hmm. is, with the exception of Raekwon Davis, uh, is, is very much, uh, you know, they're freshmen and, and sophomores, uh, guys who don't have as much experience. But they are very talented but uh, you know, you you know, when you're at Alabama or when you're at Michigan and you're a starter, you're darn good. You're really good. If you're starting for Nick Saban or for Coach Harbaugh, you're good. Well, all of a sudden, you take those guys out of the equation, and I don't care how good the next guy is, they're not as good. Right. If they were, they'd be playing in the first place. Uh, so yes, there there has been there have been some. Uh, you know, some numbers there. You know, Alabama's defense is 17th best in America, which, you know, for everybody else in America, that's pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah. But when you're used to being second and third best defense and the number one scoring defense in America, well, 17th is, uh, is <laughs> I, I hate to say, I wouldn't say problematic, but it's not what everybody's used to. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you, you lose players, you're never as good as had you had your starters in there. 
Well, for those of us who cover Michigan football, um, the seven-point spread for this game sounds a bit off. We were thinking, I was thinking, it would be double digits like it was for the Ohio State game. According to national experts, there's a a wide gap between the top four programs uh, right now. Do you think that seven-point spread is uh, indicative of how this game might play out? I have no... As a, I'll, I'll tell you the honest-to-goodness truth. Until you just now said it was a seven-point spread, uh, A, I still don't know who's favored. I assume the way you're talking, it'd be Alabama yeah, favored. Yeah. Uh, but I, I didn't even know the line. I, I don't pay any attention whatsoever to the betting numbers, to the line. I, I never have. Uh, the next... The next bet I make on a sporting event will be my first, so I didn't even know what it was, and I have no idea. I, I, I don't talk about uh, the, the betting numbers. Well, a final question for you, Eli, and then we'll let you go. We know you're a busy gentleman. Uh, these two programs have met four times now. I've been lucky enough to see them right. all. The series even at two wins apiece. When you look back on those four games with these two schools, do you have any moments or games that come to mind as being memorable? Well, obviously the loss in the Orange Bowl in overtime, uh, you know, a game that Alabama, had they executed, probably would have won, but did not. And, and in typical Tom Brady fashion, you know, mm-hmm. uh, he, <laughs> the, he comes from behind and wins the ball game, something that he continues to do uh, with the Patriots. Uh, obviously, that one uh, comes to mind uh, instantly. But, uh, you know, they, they're all, like I said, it, it's rare that these two teams get on the field together. Uh, you can't call it a rivalry. We don't play each other enough. But it is such a respectful competition that I love it. Uh, obviously, I, I was partial to the most recent game in Arlington because Bama won big. But, mm-hmm. you know, you'd expect that answer from me uh, as you would expect a different answer from, from the, you know, from, from Deerdorf and Jim over there in the, in the, in the mm-hmm. Michigan booth. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it's just been a great series, though. It's not been played much. But it's just a wonderful series, and you know, and hearing your your song and and Yay Alabama and all of that, there's just something special about the Tide and Michigan when they get on the gridiron together. It, it really is what's good about college football. No, I agree. It's uh, it's New Year's Day. It's the Citrus Bowl. It's Alabama and Michigan. I think that's really all you need to say. Let's tee it up and play. So everyone looking forward to it. And we'd like to thank our guest today on our preview show as we get ready for the Citrus Bowl matchup with uh, Alabama and Michigan. Crimson Tide Radio play-by-play voice Eli Gold. Eli, we appreciate very much you taking time to join us. Take care. My pleasure. Good to be with you. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze & Brew. On Quick Hits today, on the injury front, we learned over the weekend that Michael Dwumfor will not be playing in the Citrus Bowl. He was actually seen at the Lions game, and then the athletic department said he had a procedure 
been playing hurt all year. I'm not sure that we know much about that injury. At any rate, he's not in Orlando, and he is not playing in the Citrus Bowl. Other than that, we are healthy and ready to roll on Wednesday. The weatherman says it will be a picture-perfect day in Orlando, sunny and near 70 degrees, with very little chance of rain. As I mentioned at the top of the show, this is our last program of the year. Uh, We won't be gone long, though. I remind you of this every year, and I'll do it again right now. Football season is over, but we don't go away. The show will air weekly from now until May. Winter is a busy time on the athletic scene, so we will wrap up football season, start paying attention to basketball and winter sports, keep you updated on recruiting, and so much more. Believe it or not, softball and baseball officially start practice this time next month. Even spring football isn't that far away. So please make sure you tell your family and friends about the show and join us each week in the new year for what we think is the best coverage of your Michigan Wolverines. I'd like to close the year by saying thank you. Whether you listen every so often or every week, you are the reason I do this show. I enjoy getting email from you and hearing your thoughts on Michigan athletics and keep it up in the new year. 2019 was a journey and we did it together. As we turn the calendar and jump into 2020, who knows what awaits us. My hunch is it's going to be a big year on the Michigan athletic scene on so many fronts, and I can't wait. So let's enjoy the Citrus Bowl. I have a hunch we are going to give Bama all they want. And who knows, if we bring our A game, we might begin the new year with a great big Michigan victory. Let's hope so. That will do it for another show and another year. Happy New Year to each and every one of you. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until we meet again, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go blue.